It's the Panthers Press Box Podcast with your host, George Richards. Powered by FloridaHockeyNow.com. Thank you very much for that great introduction, Josh. That was uh, pretty professional sounding, I must say, for the inaugural episode of the Panther Press Box, powered by FloridaHockeyNow.com. I'm your host, George Richards, and this is my very first podcast. Now, you know, I've been a host, I've been a guest, not a host, I've been a guest on a bunch of podcasts over the years, but I've never had my own, and uh, this is episode one, so... It's a collector's item. Uh, we've got a lot on today's program. Uh, we are a couple days away from the Florida Panthers traveling to Toronto to join the, uh, the Phase 4 bubble, if you will. Uh, they will be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in an exhibition game on Wednesday. And then Saturday at 4 o'clock, they will be opening up their best-of-five Stanley Cup qualifier against the New York Islanders. Uh, that game can be seen with Goldie and Randy and the crew on Fox Sports Florida, as well as NBC Sportsnet. The first three games um, will be on NBC Sportsnet. For those of you that are out of the South Florida market, those of you here can uh, watch the home broadcast, which is pretty cool. And they'll also be doing the exhibition game. Uh, first off, we're gonna today's show is going to be a lot about goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, the biggest free agent signing uh, of the year for the Florida Panthers on July 1. Uh, the worst kept secret in hockey became official when, not, not this July 1, geez, uh, what a year this has been, eh? Um, July 1, 2019, Sergei Bobrovsky officially leaves the Columbus Blue Jackets and signs a seven-year, $70 million contract with the Florida Panthers. Uh, the Panthers felt like that was the missing piece for them. They felt like if they had had, you know, really good goaltending uh, in the 2018-19 season that they would have had a better year than they did. And uh, they, they bring in a big ticket item in big game Bob, uh, the only active two-time Vezina Trophy winning goaltender, the best goaltender on the market. Uh, they paid a big, big, big ticket for that. They, they, they wrote him a big check and been kind of a disappointing year for Bob. Uh, we're going to talk about him in the show. Um, we're going to bring on uh, later on a couple of my old pals from the Columbus Dispatch, Mike A. Race, the columnist for the Columbus Dispatch, and Columbus Blue Jackets beat writer Brian Hedger. Both uh, dealt with Bob a lot over the last couple of years, and we're going to get their thoughts on uh, you know what to expect from Bob moving forward. Um, also, I've got some sound from Bob and from Coach Joel Quinville. Um, we'll be uh, looking at that here in a minute. But uh, first off, let's just look at the numbers for, for Sergei Bobrovsky, shall we? He plays in 50 games for the Panthers this year. He ends up 23-19-6, 2.23 goals against average, save percentage just at 900. Not, not great numbers by any means. Um, in fact, they're among, you know, his highest and lowest of his career. So the Panthers were definitely expecting better numbers. I know Sergey was expecting better numbers. We've talked to him about that 
numerous times about, you know, what was expected and what he expected of himself now. Uh, he had had an injury. He missed the last four games of the season before the NHL went on pause. And, you know, maybe these last couple months, you know, were beneficial to him in that way that he got to rest his body and he got to just kind of take a break from hockey for a bit and get back into it. Uh, Mike A-Race, who's coming on again in a little bit, has a different different feel for that. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get his thoughts on that. And um, It's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that moving forward, the, the, the Panthers need Sergei Bobrovsky to be the man when it comes time for it. Uh, you know, goaltending wins you games in the playoffs, and nobody was better at that in the first round last year than Bob. Uh, is the Columbus Blue Jackets absolutely shocked the hockey world by not only beating but sweeping the the top seeded President's Trophy winning Tampa Bay Lightning um, in that game one? Tampa Bay jumps all over Columbus, gets three goals, take a 3-0 lead. In the second period, it looks like they're about to get another one to take a 4-0 lead, and Bob makes a terrific save. Mike is going to talk about that in a little bit and really turns that series around. They're able to get a goal. I believe it was Nick Foligno, make it 3-1. They end up winning game one, and they don't lose a game in that series to the Tampa Bay Lightning and um, really set Bob off. And that's a, you know, I think the Panthers were going to sign him anyway is a free agent, but that definitely helped his uh, cause as a free agent was finally finding some success in the postseason that had eluded him in his previous stops. So we're going to take a we're going to take a listen to what Sergei Bobrovsky said. He spoke to the South Florida media uh, a couple days ago when training camp first started. We hadn't heard a whole lot from Bob uh, during the pause. He spoke to us uh, back at the beginning when, uh, you know, about some charitable work that he had done. Um, but as far as hockey goes, he hadn't really talked about a whole lot of stuff. So um, we asked him, hey, Sergey, uh, you know, how do you think these last couple months really are going to affect your preparation? And, you know, it doesn't really feel like a continuation of this past season. It feels like a new season, and he seemed to agree with that. And so... Let's go to the videotape. Oh, no, we don't have videotape here. This is, uh, this is an audio podcast. Um, and thank you guys for joining me, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to have some fun on this. But first, we're going to listen to Sergei Bobrovsky. It's a long time, as you say, but uh, I approach it as a, like, a time of ice, uh, as a summer, you know, like a vacation. And uh, it's, it's, it was, was a good time for me. I was able to work on my body to kind of work behind the scenes and uh, build build some strength and uh, was able to, to recover from the tough uh, tough season and uh, yeah it's just uh, was was able to calm things down organize the house adjust to the rhythm in Florida and uh, yeah excited to 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 be here now. So that was Sergey Bobrovsky of uh, the Panthers talking a little bit about you know the time off and and what he was able to do like he said he was able to to get his house in order and I, I believe he means by furniture and paintings and stuff and it was weird I mean when he got here he came he came to town a couple maybe a week 10 days before camp he and his wife his first day here I remember talking to him they were going to look at their new house uh, they hadn't you know they were looking at a house in Fort Lauderdale so you know by the time he comes to camp they hadn't even bought a house and um 
you know, so there was a lot of things going on uh, for Sergei Bobrovsky, not hockey related. Um, again, you know, we, we talked about the numbers in, in the first segment. This is a different story, though. This is a different season. I think that, you know, his numbers weren't great. They were at times, though. I mean, you take away the first two months of the season, and I think his numbers were fine. We're going to find out here in a minute. And then we asked him, um, you know, how he he approaches this right now because right now it feels like training camp even though it's July but after that preseason game exhibition game whatever you want to call it against Tampa Bay we're talking about the playoffs or you know something close to it and this is going to be a big time for him so uh, let's listen to what Sergei Bobrovsky had to say about what's next for the Panthers once they get to Toronto well it's it's yeah as you said it's a it's it's a unique situation for everybody but on the line is that there is a, a lot on the line. There is the Stanley Cup on the line, and that's the most of the hockey players, including me, dreaming about. So it's uh, at this point, I would say my approach is go day by day. So again, that was Florida Panther goaltender Sergey Bobrovsky speaking to the South Florida media on the second day of training camp. Uh, he came in. He looks, you know, pretty good. Um, and the Florida Panthers are really going to need him to. Uh, to be the guy and there's no doubt about it that he's the starter he's the guy that they're paying 10 million dollars to as well as Chris Drieger played in the uh in the first half of the season it was uh you know and, and kind of saved the Panthers a little bit uh this is Sergey's show this is the Bob show and the Panthers need him to do well uh to have some success and uh advance uh out of that round of that qualifier round against the Islanders. Again, it's a best of five series. It starts August 1st at four o'clock and uh, games one, two, and three are in the afternoon. So people might be calling in sick. On that note, if you uh, do want to watch a little afternoon hockey and you want to call in sick, I'd like to send a shout out to our sponsor, the Infield Pub in Oakland Park. It's on Oakland Park Boulevard, uh, just east of the arena in sunrise a uh, great place for food for wings they've always got some kind of special going on it's a great place to go and visit and they've got big screen tvs and they've always got the florida panthers on uh, they've got the nhl package and uh, they'll be uh, very willing to uh, put any game on that you want so uh, if you want to check out some hockey some afternoon hockey, some nighttime hockey. I know we've got a curfew going on until August 1st here in Broward County, but uh, if you want to get in before that deadline and uh, you know get yourself some good wings or one of their killer burgers, check out the Infield Pub on Oakland Park Boulevard. Uh, they've got to-go food and everything like that, so check it out. The Infield, I-N-N-Field, the Infield Pub in Sunrise, Florida. All right, we're back. For the the long-awaited return, the reunion of the Cannon Fodder Podcast. Boom! 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 I'm George Richards, formerly of the Columbus Dispatch, joined by Brian Hedger and Mike Arace of the Columbus Dispatch. Hello, fellas. What's going on, Georgie? George! Hi, Mike. How's everybody doing today? I'm drinking my coffee. I'm doing good. All right. Mike's doing good. Brian's doing good. Um, what we're talking about today is obviously the uh, – we're going to talk a little bit. We'll talk about the Blue Jackets, don't you worry. Um, 
The Florida Panthers are opening up against the New York Islanders next week in Toronto um, in the hub. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky, Mike A. Race, you've covered, you, you covered Sergei Bobrovsky from the very beginning in Columbus. He's had kind of a disappointing season here in Florida. Do you think, um, you know, now that he's had a couple months off and, and, you know, maybe starting a new season, do you think he'll be able to bounce back in this series against the Islanders? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. And Hedge can speak to this too. Um, but uh, Bob was always sort of a, a slow starter. And it's to, to me, and this was dinner, this was dinner room conversation, uh, the dining table conversation tonight with my kids. It's like uh, Eunice Corposalo is, is not that much different in, in terms of slow starts. And it was like, it wasn't until like late November until he got hurt and uh, uh, right, right around the 1st of January that Eunice Corposalo got warm. And, 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 and before he went down, he was one of the hottest going to leagues. But, there was, but there, was a, there was a long lead into that. And Bob was classic for that as well. So um, I think there's a bigger question for a lot of goalies in a category that Bobrovsky falls into. And that is, is, is he ready to play a best of five right away? And, and I, I don't know if anyone can answer that. Um, I, I, his, his track record is, 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 would, would make it seem that, that I would doubt it. And I would say the same for Corpus Allo. And I would say, like, no one, no one cares in Florida. But I, I would, I would pro, I'm suspecting the Jackets are going to go with Merz Lickens for the very same reason. Well, you know, we look at, we look at Sergei Bobrovsky's stats. The first two months here in Florida, um, under 900 save percentage. Then he, then he warmed up. Um, Brian Hedger, you covered him the la- the, the last, his last two seasons in Columbus. Uh, what, what do you think about, uh, about Bob having a bounce back when it counts the most here and uh, when this thing gets going? Well, I, th- I think Mike made a, an excellent point uh, because he is a slow starter. I mean, if you just look at the stats throughout his career, whether it's regular season, whatever, it takes him a little while to get into the flow of things. And, and you know, there really – there's no time. <laughs> there's no time. For him or Corpusalo or any of these guys, I just wrote about that today actually for the dispatch for, with uh, Corpusalo, who has allowed 13 total goals uh, in the first – the last two scrimmage games for the Jackets. Very similar – I mean, I don't know how Bob – Scrimmages are so hard. Scrimmages. <laughs> scrimmages. I know, but I mean – But they're, no, they're... no, the, the point's well taken. Who knows? I, I think – I think um, – I think we're guessing with anybody, really. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's like who's good on September 17th every year and any other year? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, no, I, I, and, I, and that's something I talked to Bob about. He's like, you know, this is a whole new season. He treated this offseason, he said this, like a vacation. Um, he got back to work, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, a couple months, you know, whatever – I'm just wondering. I think he was dealing with some kind of lower body thing this year. Maybe the four months off helped him. I think that's a plus. But, again, yeah, I mean, he's a traditionally a slow starter. And when the puck drops against the Islanders, man, it's game on. And, you know, you better be George, on how, it. How much pressure is he under down there? I imagine there's, there's, a, there's a goodly amount given the contract. You would think. I mean, I, I, I think, you know – he lives in Florida, though. I mean, he lives, you know, he lives on Fort, near Fort Lauderdale Beach. I don't think anybody knows who he is. I mean, that's one good thing he's got going for him. Um, you know, that internal pressure, I've talked about that with other people when it comes to the Panthers. And, you know, that is something that is lacking. But, 
the external pressure, not the entire. I think internally, um, he wants to uh, he wants to you know bounce back in a big way. He you know he said that when he signed here that he wanted to prove that the Panthers were right to to, to sign him to this contract, and this is the reason why they signed him to this contract. For you know they want big game Bob and. Geez, Hedge, talk about it. I mean, what what was he like in that Tampa series? He gives up three goals in the first in game one and then was lights out against the Lightning. Well, that was it. I was just about to make that point. For If you're looking for positives uh, with Sergei Bobrovsky, if you are a, a Panthers fan and you're hoping to see, you know, uh, big game Bob come out, a uh, couple things. One, uh, we, we, like it was interesting to hear you say uh, that he treated – the, uh, the downtime is a vacation because, and that, that, you know, some people may cringe at that, but like you shouldn't because Bobrovsky loves vacations, A. And B, uh, every time he had one of those extended vacations that I covered him, the two times I covered him, whenever he had one in Columbus, he came off that thing red hot. I mean, he was the, you now he was in the middle of a season and kind of yeah. needed a break. But, you know, same kind of deal. I mean, it gives his body a chance to heal. So that's a good thing. Um, you want to talk about the uh, uh, playoffs last year because that was a huge step, I think, for Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, he came into that season last year, and, I mean, what was the storyline? It was obvious, you know, Bob melts down in the playoffs, you know, like he's great in the regular season and sucks in the playoffs. I mean, that's what the storyline was. Sorry to cut you the, the stat. The stat was uh... – of the goaltenders in the 20th century, 21st century, the first 20 years of the 21st century of the goaltenders that had 20 plus starts, postseason starts, he had the worst numbers of all of them. Right. And, you know, and- I mean, I mean, obviously he played a lot of games. I mean, he played against, you know, the eventual Stanley Cup champs in Pittsburgh and, and then in 2018 with Washington. Yeah, George, he, he wasn't playing play. schlubs. No, and it was – it was. It was clearly a mental block. I mean, let's just face it. It was a mental block. And that's why I feel like last year was so important because he gives up the three right away uh, in the first period. I mean, he's getting pounded on the NBC broadcast in that first period. You know, here we go. Here's Bob again. And then he makes that great save on a what should have looked like to be a, a sure goal. Uh, basically a two-on-zero, Stamkos to Kucherov, and he makes an amazing save there. And ever since then, I mean, like the the rest of that series, he was lights out. Uh, going back to Mike, um, just just looking at you know a little bit more on Bob. Your your thoughts on on how he bounced back last year? I thought, you know, when I covered the team with you when they played Washington, I thought he was really good. Um, against the Capitals early on, and, and then when the team in front of him kind of gave up, they had that 3-1 lead. Um, or, well, or what was it? 2-2-0 two, two lead coming back to Columbus yeah. and then just didn't play the double same overtime. way. Yeah, Double overtime. That was a bad goal in double overtime. I know it's, it's, it's tough to say that, but it was a bad goal. It, it was a, a, lob by, a lob from one side of the ice and should have caught. He dropped it. It got poked in, and the second overtime was over. Uh, and then game five was, was, was another letdown. It's, it's, it's the paraphrase Tortorella coming out of that. We need a save somewhere in game three, a save somewhere in game five, and, 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 they, and maybe they beat the Capitals. But, yeah. you know, Bob, Bob's a different guy. He's all grown up. He's got the money. He's got, he's got the nice house on the, on the intercoastal waterway there. Isn't that right, George? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. somewhere near there. Yeah, it might you know, be the he, new river. I don't know, but it's so. Yeah, he hasn't invited me over yet, bud. He's, uh, 
That's shocking. I mean, he's very competitive. There, there was some, uh, you know, the, the, it's hard to say anything bad about the guy. No. Given no. what he, given the, the, the way he punched the clock here dur- during his time in Columbus, um, uh, two Vesnas among that. Um, you know, it was a, 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 the relationship soured at the end. Um, and you heard management behind the scenes saying bad things about the Bob and Bob behind and right to the cameras saying bad things about the management. Um, it was just a strange blow up, but I mean, I hope he's happy and contented now and that, you know, he was, uh, he was doing his Nordic track and he's ready to go. Yeah. He was also doing that. Did you guys see the video of him doing the, uh, the tennis ball machine? Right, no, right I didn't, yeah, yeah, right, right, right before, right as the quarantine started, I guess his wife took an Instagram or something, a TikTok. I, I don't know, Mike, I'm with you. I don't know what these things are. Uh, took a video of him, you know, down in his crouch position with his glove and just snagging tennis balls out of the air. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Baseball glove or his uh, hockey glove? Uh, he had his hockey glove on. He was wearing his shorts, flip flops, and that uh, was beautiful. Uh, you know what? Uh, Elvis was going to do that. He was going to buy uh, – Elvis Merzlikens was going to buy a ten- tennis ball machine to just basically shoot tennis balls at him at his apartment. Yeah. So he probably saw the same video we, we did. Uh, one more thing, fellas. Let's uh, – before we go, um, just Where a little – well, I, you know, I, I don't have all day. I mean, this is... Let's just keep talking hockey here, George. This is episode number one, boys. Welcome. This is like a collector's edition, right? I'm very uh, uh, honored to be part of episode number one. Cannon fodder south, I'm calling it. Boom! You really, if you're going to have me on, you really should have had on episode number two. Dude, people collect everything, Mike. I mean, you know that. Oh, there's, there's all kinds wow. of collectors. I've got... I've got lighters. I've got lighters from gas stations in Poughkeepsie. You know, you know. So we got all kinds <laughs> of collectibles here. Um, go, moving forward to the Columbus Blue Jackets, they are the road team in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. Uh, I was up in your neck of the woods a couple weeks ago, and some of the Blue Jacket fans I talked to were like, "Oh, this is this isn't fair. We got to go play Toronto." It doesn't sound like Toronto's going to have much as a home ice advantage, other than they know what the TV channels are in the hotel. Um, uh, Hedge, we'll start with you. What do you think about this series? And uh, do you think that the, the Blue Jackets can uh, advance to the round of 16? Well, uh, really quick, the NHL today just said that the Jackets can't play with a goalie. So that's part oh, of the problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, home, home ice advantage for the Leafs. Um, you know, uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. It's about the Jackets. Do you think the Jackets have enough firepower to keep up with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because we know I, Toronto, you know, has trouble keeping the puck out of the back of the I was net. thinking about it. This is what I think about this today. I, I was just thinking about it because I read something um, out there, basically just, just kind of pounded on the Jackets for not having enough scoring. Um, I, why is it that it's, in this sport especially, uh, and this goes for team and individual, how come we just we go gaga for these these teams that have like your your big superstars right that, that score a lot of goals but maybe they don't play a lot of defense we love them but then teams that don't really, yeah but maybe the teams that don't score a lot of goals how come we don't talk about really really good defensive teams in the same light how come if you can keep a team down to like one and a half to two goals a game we should be going gaga over that we should be going crazy like oh my god right. But they, we never do. So, Not like, exciting. So what, what I'm saying is, you know, I think that the Jackets, 
legitimately have a fighting chance in this thing, maybe oh. more than a fighting chance in this, because they can play outstanding defense if they can get back to the, even close to the level that they played from December to the break. They're going to give the, the Maple Leafs everything that they, you know, they can handle. I uh, Mike, your call? I mean, my kids really like the Jackets in this series, and usually they're down on them. You know what I mean? They're, they're kind of ugly fans. Um, yeah. They, 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 like, they like the way that the depth of the Jackets defense stacks up at the relative depth of the, uh, uh, of the forward lines. Uh, uh, they, they, like, they, they don't like the Toronto defense. Um, they, they, give, they give the Jackets a slight check in the net. They don't think Anderson stacks up to the Corpusalo merzlikens combination. And, you know, the, the Jackets, the, the Toronto's not going to scare the Jackets, especially with Tortorella. He's preparing with like he's packing. Oh God, he's he's got his special forces uniform on with uh, with his high powered squirt guns and stuff. I mean, he's he's ready. He's digging trenches. He's got a little shovel, and he'll have them all fired up. Um, they're they, they're obviously not afraid of Toronto, and uh, uh, you know it's it's an eight nine it's an eight nine series, yeah, George. Yeah, it's an eight nine series. Flip a coin, you know, baby. I mean, that's right. It's just I think NCAA tournament, the Dread Eight Nine game. Uh, you I, could pick either team and, and put money down on them, and, and you probably got a fifty fifty shot at winning. Yeah, I kind of so. look at it and say that the the Maple Leafs are sort of like the Tampa Bay Lightning light from last year. They don't have as good a goaltending, even close. They don't have the, as good a defense as the Lightning actually have with Victor Hedman and those kind of guys. Um, they definitely have the firepower that the Lightning have up front when they're clicking. Um, but they're two very similar teams. I mean, neither one of those teams, Lightning or Leafs, are very heavy, right? I mean, in, in, in the playoffs, it's usually a heavy game that wins. Neither one of those teams are real heavy, you know? Yeah. Hey, George, let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Let's, let's just keep extending this segment since it's a collector's edition. Um, what, what is the relative pressure on Toronto in an empty building? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, they still have. They still have. If they lose, if they lose in the in, in the qualifier they round, they still have to leave the bubble. Eventually, they're going to be uh, out of there pretty quickly. And uh, I think they got to be happy. There's no fans. You you might be right. There's no media horde crowding the room. The there's none of that. You're showing yep. you got to be happy. There's no media, no fans. Yeah. It's 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 like for 20 years. It's probably the only way Toronto has a shot at the cup. That's that's a good point, actually. Fair point. Well, it's going to be fun. You guys going to be uh, having uh, brunch with the Panthers. They've got a four o'clock game one on Saturday, and then two noon games against the Islanders. So, uh, wow, that, that gives you guys an opportunity to to make a pot of coffee and check out uh, your Florida Panthers. That's right. Well, we we watching with you, Georgie. We'll do a Zoom. Games, games out all day. Oh, it's going. Isn't that going to be fun, Mike? You 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 and the family got to be going bananas thinking about all this hockey. Oh, you know, um, Mrs. A race can finally rejoin life. You know, it's it's brutal. Um, no, the kids are psyched. Uh, they love European soccer. How many how many games can you watch over how many months? You know, I wouldn't know. Drop the puck. They're they're fired up. I hope it goes well, George. Uh, every epidemiologist I've spoken to has said that the the dicey window is is when they travel July twenty sixth from when they start the first game, August 1st or, or August 2nd, that that's a chance for the virus to sneak in a loophole there. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the bubble works. Um, I'm surprised it's worked as well as it has with MLS. 
Um, so I'm, I'm kind of bullish uh, more than I was, say, a week ago that it's going to work in Canada. Um, it has a much better chance of working in Canada. It's going to be a lot of hockey, and, uh, you know, let's go. Let's go. All right. We'll Mike A. Race of the Columbus Dispatch. How can people f- – you can read all – both Brian's stuff and Mike's stuff at dispatch.com, Dispatch Alerts on Twitter. What's your Twitter, Twitter handle, Mike A. Race? You know, I've, I've, I've taken a year's sabbatical on Twitter. I didn't know that. What's your MySpace page? For, 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 <laughs> what is MySpace? Are you on Parler? Michael A. Race 1 if you want to read old Twitters. But if you want to read old Twitters, Mike, Mike A race one, is that it? There's some good tweets from like, you know, 2017 in there. I'm going to go look and, and, and hedge Brian Hedger, uh, the beat writer for the Columbus blue jackets. Again, dispatch.com dispatch alerts on Twitter. Hedge. What's your personal Twitter? Uh, the personal and the professional are kind of intertwined there. It's I just know. at Brian. It's just that Brian Hedger, uh, spelling is H-E-D-G-E-R in the last name. Hedger, the hedge man. Brian with an I. But the way spelled. Mike A. Race, Brian Hedger, coming to you live from Columbus, O-H-I-O. Cannon fodder hits the road. Yeah, we went way over in time. See you later, George. All right, boys. Thanks for joining us here on episode number one of the Panthers Press Box. Always good to catch up with those guys. Uh, you know, that was a fun year for me in Columbus and uh, covering the Blue Jackets before coming back to cover the Panthers. And always good to catch up with Mike A. Race and Brian Hedger. Uh, before we closed this first episode, uh, it'd be remiss not to go out to the ballpark. Uh, we've got opening day for the Marlins coming up Friday. Uh, Somebody who will be in Philadelphia is Jordan McPherson, Marlins beat writer for the Miami Herald. Jordan joins us here just to talk a little about the fish. And Jordan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How have you been, G-Man? Oh, terrific. Thanks for asking. Um, real quick, 60-game uh, season. Um, how do you think this thing's going to go? I, mean, I know it's only been a couple weeks of training camp or summer camp, as they're calling it, for, for baseball. But how do you see this 60-game thing ending up? It's going to be a really interesting dynamics. I mean, as we always say, 162-game seasons, more like a marathon. They're looking at this season as a sprint. Basically, you got to get hot out of the gate. you got to get off to a strong start because if you fall behind 2-8, and 2-9, and 3-10, you're basically saying you're out of the race at this point. So a lot is up for grabs over those first couple weeks, and whoever comes out hot could potentially – Bring out some dark horse teams here. Could the Marlins be one of those teams that take advantage of the 60-game season? Or is just, I mean, I mean, their schedule is just brutal. In theory, yes, they can. They've been going on the mantra, why not us? Why not the Marlins? Why can't we come out and surprise? And again, in theory, they can. They have a pretty, they have a relatively easy schedule to open up the year. Three games against Philly, who they were pretty good against last year. And then... Two at home and two on the road against Baltimore, one of the two teams they face with a sub-500 record. But after that, it's just brutal. I mean, the NL East is no joke. The Nats, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets. you got 10 games against each of them. Then they have the AL East. You've got the Yankees, who look like the frontrunner for the American League to make the World Series. The Red Sox, even with everything going on with them, you can't rule them out. The Rays look good. It's going to be a tough road for them. Nothing's impossible, but... 
it's a very, very tough road ahead for them. Again, we're with Jordan McPherson, Marlins beat writer for the Miami Herald, MiamiHerald.com. What's your Twitter, Jordan? Uh, J underscore McPherson, 1126. My Instagram's the same. That's still a work in progress, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right, you're going to give me a couple pictures of some cheesesteaks when if, you're in Philly? If I don't visually prove that I had a cheesesteak, did I really go to Philly? No, you didn't. Um Real quick, uh, baseball didn't get its season underway. The, the the pandemic shut down spring training, and they've been off for four months. Hockey was it you know at the final stages of its mm-hmm. uh, you know these guys are going to the bubble in Toronto starting on Sunday. The Panthers are flying up to Toronto. Um, what are you expecting? Uh, you follow the Panthers. Uh, what are you expecting from the Panthers in this series against the Islanders? We've been talking on the show. We had Mike Arace and Brian Hedger talking about Sergei Bobrovsky. I know you're a, a big Bob fan. What do, what do you think we're going to see from Sergei in the, uh, in, the, in the postseason? I mean, I'm hoping, I know the Panthers are hoping they get postseason Bob. They get the Bob that they thought they were getting when they signed into the seven-year, $70 million deal and not the Bob that they saw for the majority of the regular season this year. I mean, when Bob's tuned in, he's going to be able to help you win some hockey games. If he's not, it's going to make it that much harder for the Panthers to even get out of that qualifying round against the Islanders. We know what the offense brings. We know that Huberdo and Hoffman and Dad and Dadnoff and Barkey, they're all going to they're all going to show up. But if you don't have everything set in stone on the other side on the other side of the ice, it's going to be a tough road for, for the Panthers in this postseason. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jordan McPherson, beat writer, Miami Marlins for the Miami Herald. Thank you for coming by, my man. Oh, anytime, G-Man. Appreciate it, brother. And that'll do it for episode number one of the Panther Press Box podcast, powered by FloridaHockeyNow.com. I'm your host, George Richards. Uh you know, we might have had some te- technical glitches in this one. This is my first time doing one of these. Is uh, If you stuck around this long, you've figured that out. Uh, appreciate you all for subscribing. This is going to be in all the places you can find podcasts. Uh, don't forget to uh, go visit our sponsor, the Infield Pub in Sunrise off Oakland Park Boulevard. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week with some uh, to preview the Tampa Bay Lightning preseason game we're going to have eric erlinson joining us from tampa we're going to have some other special guests so uh once again thanks for checking us out uh again the technical stuff will get better as i figure out this editing system um i'm used to writing i'm not used to jordan you're 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 still here i'm not used to this uh podcast stuff but uh i'm excited i like it i got a new microphone and uh, i got a comfy chair this is some headphones it's all trial and error all trial and error there's a lot of errors there's always going to be a lot of errors early on but once you get going i guess it's like riding a bike once you figure it out you're going to be able to keep doing it forever have you ever seen me ride a bike i haven't now i kind of am curious i remember how to do it i just don't do it very well i mean you know there's uh i took a spill out on sunrise boulevard the other uh, the other day six months ago (laughs) people were laughing it was funny i mean I wasn't laughing, but they were. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're riding bikes. We're having fun talking hockey here on the Panther Press Box podcast, powered by FloridaHockeyNow.com. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Panthers Press Box podcast with George Richards, powered by FloridaHockeyNow.com. Don't forget... 
to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode and point your browser to FloridaHockeyNow.com for all your Panthers news and information.